I'm Ryan Federico, as always, joined here with my best friends on the planet, Mr. Keith Fonseca and Ashton Delango Lunday. We have some special guests with us here, friend of the program, Elijah Carujo, kicking it out of Virginia, biatch, and uh, ready to shed some more light, pearls of wisdom. We got a lot of responses on our uh, on our last uh, guest uh, review of, of uh, what did we talk about last time you were on? Dude, we were, uh, like we, we were just shooting the breeze. We were talking about everything. We were talking about, we were talking everything, about everything. everything. But for some reason, we got a ton of comments on that video. I think because people like you. Uh, we also got for the first time on the pod, the Pickleball Champ. Is that what it's called? Pickleball? Yeah, Pickleball Champ here. Grant Lieber out of Phoenix, Arizona. Out of Yeah, exactly. Pickleball, racquetball, anything with a racket and a ball, he's all about it. Right? Do you play pickleball with a racket or is it a paddle? It's a paddle. It's a paddle. paddle. It's a solid paddle. It's uh, think about it as in between like uh, a tennis racket and a ping pong paddle. Got it. Yeah. Who? For those of you guys who are wondering, yes, he is by about twenty years the youngest person on the pickleball court. Not even close. Right. Somewhere in there. I would. Yeah. Yeah. But these old guys, they get it, man. Like this is the sport that's taking over the elderly communities. It's making them competitive again. I mean, make retirement homes competitive again is what pickleball's slogan is. That's, right. that's why he writes so much final expense. That's it. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Today, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here at the Quility National Conference in Denver, Colorado. Uh, all of our lives have been impacted by um, the software that our company has rolled out. It is not the only software in the industry that does what it does. And so, um, you know, we were kind of going to just have a little chat about what are you excited about. Um, and today we're, we're all pretty much excited about the same thing, which is automation and how to automate, how to get in front of more clients faster, how to meet clients in the way that they're looking for insurance how to uh, communicate at all times of the day so you don't have to be readily available to get in front of a client and help a client buy insurance. And so we wanna talk about all of the, the ways that automation is impacting our business and encourage you to find ways that automation can impact yours, whether you're at our company, whether you're at a different company, just finding some ways to use automation in your business to become more profitable. But before we do that, we have guests. We've never done this with Elijah, even though this is like the third time he's been on with us. Um, but we're, we're gonna do this. Uh, we wanna hear number one, how'd you get started in this business? How did you get into insurance? Number two, the most embarrassing thing to ever happen to you in the field with a client, right? So we'll go Elijah first, then we'll go Grant. Grant's got a little bit more time to think about it. Okay. All right, how'd cool. you get into this business? I got into this business part-time. Uh, my claim to fame was I made uh, 50 grand my first year part-time as a college student. That is true. Um, before this, I was working in a call center, uh, sitting in a gray cubicle. If you've ever seen the movie The Incredibles, the way I describe it is it's like that scene where he's in like that dingy office and it's just cubicles as far as you can see. That's where I worked, and I absolutely hated it. Um, my good buddy Grant uh, worked at the same company. He found symmetry on ZipRecruiter, and he told me I could make in a week what I made in a month, and I was sold. I quit that job on my 90th day, uh, within 90 days of starting, and I got into licensing. And um, everything changed when I came to an event like this. And so my first year, um, I was still a full-time college student, got a degree in marketing, and, um, and then came on full-time after I graduated. 
and it's been freaking awesome. All right, most embarrassing story. Most embarrassing story. What um, so there, there have been a few. I, I would say there have been like uneasy, awkward situations, far more than embarrassing. But there was one situation where um, the client made me dinner, and um, this this family was, I, I believe, from the Philippines, and um, I always say yes to food. This was back when we were running appointments in person too. So this is this is way back. And uh, they were making me. They were making me dinner, and I didn't know what it was. I was I was talking with um, the husband. The wife was cooking, and she brings over some food. And I had never seen food like this in my life. <laughs> yes. And Ash's, I was like, I, I was it's trying to be, I was trying to be like <laughs> as polite as possible. And I mean, there's a there's a verse that says, uh, "Eat whatever's put before you without raising questions of conscience." And so I wasn't gonna not eat. Uh, but it happened to be chicken's feet. <laughs> that was what it yes. was. It was pickled chicken's feet. And um, I had no, never. No balut. No balut. Now, when I say chicken's feet, I mean like it had the claws on it. It had like little bits of feathers. It was funky. Wow. And um, I, I chowed down, you know, I choked it down. It was uh, about what you'd expect chicken's feet to taste like. Yes. And uh, so I ate. And uh, we were shooting the breeze. Did not end up closing the app. Oh, no. Did not end up closing the app. And uh, so I left. It was, I felt pretty sick afterwards. Um, But that, that's, I would say, probably like one of the more embarrassing um, stories because I'm, I'm like trying to sell an insurance policy to people who English is like their third language. And I'm trying to explain an IUL to them because they were asking for an investment insurance policy while they're feeding me chicken's feet, and it was... All right, so what makes the story worse? Was this in Virginia Beach, or was did you, like, have to drive to this point? This was, like, where I lived, oh, bro. Oh, okay. it's, like, yeah. yeah, this was, like... At least you weren't, like, two states away. No, I, I, yeah, yeah, I had to... There was times I drove out of state to do stuff, and, uh, but no, that one had to happen to be local. I want to know if he was sick because he had to eat chicken's feet, or that. because he didn't close the app. It was the chicken's feet, hands <laughs> down, hands down. That was the, the first and only time I've ever eaten chicken's feet in my life. Uh, so yeah. All right, Grant, you're up, man. How'd you get into yeah. business? So, you know, my dad has always been kind of a serial entrepreneur, and he actually has a children's charity that he founded a number of years ago, and one idea he had is, why don't we take some of the donors to the charity, and look at their life insurance policies and see if we can rewrite it, maybe save them some money, make the charity a beneficiary, and you know, you as the agent, us as the agent, kind of get that commission. And uh, so I got an insurance license. Uh, I ended up writing one policy ever with that, which was declined. Uh, so uh, I, I had nothing. And um, so I'm just looking around. I was a, a senior in college, Arizona State. Uh, go Sun Devils. And uh, yes, sir, forks up. And uh, so I ended up looking on Craigslist of all places. I found an ad that uh, that said, hey, you want to come in part time, make, you know, like kind of what you talked about, 40, 50,000 a year, full time, 100K plus, build an agency. And I responded to that ad. I said, hey, I've got an insurance license. What else am I going to do with it? Um, <laughs> and I was 21 years old. I'm looking through couch cushions to find $5.93 for a burrito and uh, ended up getting started. And, and so it was really just kind of the, the journey from there it was part time. My first six months, uh, went full time in the field after I graduated in uh, December 2016. And now just been full-time producing and, and building the agency. And, uh, you know, you talk about stories like, man, it, it almost seems like going to meet people in person was like 10 years ago yeah. with everything that we've got. But I'll tell you, the one time that really sticks out is I go up to this guy's house and his trash cans are not on the side of the house. They're in front of his front door. 
it's like the black one, the black one, the blue one. And you have to like go through this fly infested like trash cans to even knock on his door. And he comes out in a ripped tank top with his crotch totally out on his shorts. Nice. And he goes, oh yeah, hey, come on in. You know what, before you come in, I just gotta use the bathroom. He steps two feet out of his door and just whips it out right on his front porch. Yes. Okay, and I'm going, <laughs> This is this this is surprise Arizona. It was a surprise. Yes, I did. And so oh and so then we get into his house and you can't see the floor. He's like one of those hoarders oh, where like there's no. literally like three feet of just like beer boxes and just other trash and whatever. Oh, and we're we just like walking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we literally just were like walking unevenly over all this stuff to go in. And, and he's like, hey, man, you want to sit at the kitchen table, which was maybe like a chair and a half, you know, and like a lawn chair. And I was like, you know what? You got kind of a nice back patio. Why don't we go out there? And I see like there's a table. There's a couple of chairs that at least look like semi not infested. And uh, so we go out there, sit down. And this guy's telling me how, you know, he was just arrested for riding his bike naked last week. And, there you, go. you know, he, he pulls out, though, like a six million dollar annuity portfolio so like after all this like this guy's crazy and this is like maybe at the time probably a six seven hundred thousand dollar house so i mean you know now probably we're talking one and a half two million so i mean he had a big house the guy had some money he had some annuities but he was just such a nut that after a few minutes it was very clear i no longer should be there for my safety <laughs> and so i said you know what man i think uh, i left a couple applications in the car let me go grab that and that was the last time uh, <laughs> i said or heard from him again Rip pulled the surprise that day that's oh, right yeah man Anytime yeah. you just you go out to car to grab something, but then you just dip. That's yeah, that's you know the you're worst. in for a rough time. Yeah, I think that one takes the cake out of, uh, out of all the ones that we've heard so far. I think that one takes the cake. I'm waiting for waiting for a better one. Uh, that's for sure. I want to like just kind of we'll, we'll go down the line here. We'll start with Grant. Like you were you actually were you had gotten out of the field. You built a big agency. You're out of the field. And this thing came along and you're just kind of like, what is this automation thing? I got to learn about this. What was it, the transition like from you or you like you had built your career getting leads, calling them on a certain day, running appointments in person, right? So how was it for you to kind of step over the threshold into this? Well, I can say the first thing is like from a schedule perspective, because the purpose of automation is to create, turn outbound into inbound, because outbound takes man hours, it takes time, it takes, you know, it's just way more expensive and time consuming. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for, for me, like I got out of the field, after, like basically in between COVID and, you know, so like pre-COVID, I'm just out of the field, COVID's hits, and now it's like, you know, we switched to kind of doing things virtually, and now we're switching to kind of this automation side of getting clients. So I can tell you that for me, what I was used to my last time really being a producer was, hey, Friday, Saturday, I'm on the phones, Monday, Tuesday, I'm in the field, Sunday, I kind of take off, and then Wednesday, Thursday, I'm building my agency. And so uh, when we made this switch, uh, number one, it made me excited about producing again yeah. because of all the things that are happening. And it's almost like, you know, we're here at this national conference. I have people that are like begging me to get on the phone with them to write them a policy. And I was like, it's the first time ever. I never imagined that I'd have to tell clients like, I can't do it. I'm busy. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's really special. So in terms of the transition, I think it was really just understanding, you know, number one, there's the tech side, you know, of just kind of understanding how a platform like this works. That was probably the easier part of the transition, even though there were some bugs and kinks. It was really just creating a calendar around being available 
available and understanding what consumers in this marketplace, how they want to buy insurance and how they want to interact with an agent. Because the days of like, I send you a letter and that takes a bunch of time and then you fill it out and send it back and that takes time and then the mail house sorts it out. Like those types of things are not the ways that people want to do business. We're in a microwave society and so the automation just helps with keeping up with that. Yeah, totally. totally. Same question for you, Elijah. Like the transition, especially like, cause you were never out of the field. Like you were like grinding, driving across several states, like all over the place, went virtual sales. You were selling across tons of different time zones. You're basically working the entire country. And then like all of a sudden this automation platform comes out and you're like, what's this? And so like, what was that transition like for you, man? Dude, uh, so back to your first comment on change. Um, I think people are afraid of change because it requires action on their part to do something different. And that takes work, it takes planning, it also takes a commitment to change because you could test something out, not get the result you want, and then go back to doing things the way that you've always done them. Like just, uh, I think it was about a month ago, we were on a carrier trip and I met a dude who to this day writes paper applications, door knocks to book appointments, and will, uh, like, he, he, he's driving to go meet people. And he's, he will not write an e-app and won't go virtual. And when I asked him why, he just said, oh, I'm old school, I'm not willing to learn something new. And I think that mindset of not being willing to try something different is really what holds people back. Um, when we went virtual, man, it changed my life. Before this, I had to, I lived in Virginia and I would drive to Delaware, North Carolina, Maryland to run business. And I thought business was good back then, dude. <laughs> Uh, but when we switched to COVID or when COVID happened and we switched to running appointments over Zoom, I mean, it completely changed the game. And I think we could, we could all agree on that for sure. And the number one thing that people complain about in insurance is making calls. And if I always tell people like, man, if that's the worst part of our job, we got it pretty good because it's not that bad. Um, we're, not, we're not breaking rocks. No, yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, but my favorite part of automation is it's designed to make our jobs easier, give us more time, and also like make the buying experience for the customer smoother and simpler, which in turn generates better reviews. People like our, our, our marketing tagline right now is life insurance doesn't have to be prickly, right? Like it can be simple. Um, I remember when uh, instant issue policies came out, like that came out in, like the last three or four years, I feel like. Yeah. Change the game, dude. But people still don't write them because they're old school and they want to still get, like do the paper yeah. application. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting that you say that, man, because there's like... There, there's this philosophy of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, yeah. right? And it's yeah. just the stupidest... It's such bullshit. It's the stupidest thing ever because it's like, well, if that was the case, like we wouldn't have cars, yeah. right? Like we wouldn't have the internet. We wouldn't send emails. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we, we wouldn't have convenience stores you know amazon wouldn't exist it's like what are you talking about if it's not broke don't fix it how about improve it until it's easier and that's i think what automation does and you know look i don't want to discount your your door knock guy um because some of y'all are listening to this or out there door knocking and look there's clients that aren't going to buy an automation and there's a there's a big enough industry that's out there and there's enough people that are out there that like if you're door knocking and you're helping people and you're getting them covered and you like to do that cool but for the rest of you that are like man that sounds terrible um you know like you should probably look at getting some automation in your life because it's, it's pretty awesome keith what about you what was the transition like i think you got to move that mic closer to you but. 
Um, what was great for me? Siri has a feeling about it. Here, I got it. I got it. So, um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, we all know that I, I, I really prefer helping people get debt-free. I, I do a lot of mortgage protection, and the transition into the debt-free life is super great. So, what automation did for me was really allow a broader perspective of communication to go out. That it's not just going out about life insurance. That it's going out about debt-free life and helping you pay off bills and building a tax-free retirement. And it gave an opportunity to create more of a wider network of people who want what we have versus having to pitch to them what we have, right? And in automation, um, and I guess, you know, this is so true of like Elijah driving around, I drove around. When I drove around, right, not to take this away from automation, but when I drove, it was New Jersey. I drove to southern part of New Jersey, and that was it. So my, my uh, client pool was the southern part of New Jersey. Now the client pool is people who need it because I can cover the whole United States, not yeah. people I have to pitch it to. People are calling me because they need it. Um, and so it allows more of the time to be spent to talk about how it works, why it will benefit your life, and so that, rather than pitching it to people who aren't listening. Yeah, and being able to expand that net expand that criteria out is so powerful um, because it's like, I don't, I don't think if you ask any career insurance agent, like I would, anybody who's listening to this, ask yourself if a number called you on your cell phone right now that you didn't know, would you answer it? <laughs> Most likely you all said no. Some of you said, hell no. Some of you said, I'm just going to kick it to voicemail, right? But if a number texted you that you didn't know, would you see the text? 95% of you, if not 100% of you, are going to say yes, right? I would look at the text. I see every text. This is how clients prefer to be contacted these days, right? Um, when we were doing surveys, when we went virtual, right, we, we surveyed like 8,000 clients or something like that when we went virtual. We said, hey, we used to go see people in their home. Things are opening up with COVID. Would you have rather we come to your house or would you have rather we did everything like we did it today? And we had like a 95% that were like, no, I would have rather done it virtually. People don't want you to come to their house. They don't want you to knock in the, on their door and go in their personal space. They don't want to have to put the, the dog away and the kids away and clean stuff up and like do all that stuff. They want to be able to take care of it on their time in their way. Some of them prefer to do it virtually. Some of them prefer to buy it on their own. Some of them want the, you know, the help of somebody over the phone. Some of them want to see people in person. The number of folks that want to see people in person is rapidly shrinking, right? It's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And so I think like if you're listening to this, you need to make a choice of do you want to just be a part of, you know, essentially what's going to be the apocalypse of those buyers, right? Do you just want to sell every one of them that's left until they all die um you know or do you want to evolve and get into the side of the industry where there's a plentiful surplus of clients we have you know we're creating these these digital leads now that are quadruple opted in they're not just like these these silly facebook leads that you see some of these other people sell um, we're creating these quadruple opted in leads and you know i heard a, a rough estimate that we could create about 200,000 a week of these leads, right? A week, 200,000 a week nationwide. Like our company has grown to $200 million by creating like 15,000 a week of direct mail. And like, so the, the idea that like, okay, I'm an agent and like I need to, 
personally text from my cell phone or personally call from my cell phone that many people throughout the country in all their different time zones when like there's automated programs that can just do that for you is like, all right, let's just start investing in and investigating the, those automated programs. So Ashley, man, you were an early adopter. Um, you know, you are a technological guy anyway. You jumped in and you started, you started using uh, the pilot version of Switchboard, immediately took a great liking to it, used it to write a grip of business, <laughs> you know, a bunch of business. So what are, what are some of the benefits that you saw from it that like made you take the leap into automation? Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> for me, uh, you know, we, we've talked about before, you know, I love trying new things. And it was the, the newest thing for the company that said, hey, here are the benefits that we could potentially see. We have no idea until someone tries it. Now, we, we got some people that kind of found this and they've been trying it. But a group of 10 people doesn't really give us the numbers of, hey, is this going to work for 5,000 people? And so when they opened that, um, I was just in the process of trying to get back to virtual. You know, I, I've talked about it plenty of times before. You know, when I, I first started, I failed three times going virtual. Um, first month was part time and didn't make a single sale. Second time, booked 12 appointments in a week, one, not one showed. Um, and then I did again in July and I had like a decent result. Every time I hear this story, it's so crazy to me because then like you, you failed, you went back in person, then you like came back to virtual, failed again, and then like went back in person. And then you were like, I'm going to go at it again another time. And then you wrote a hundred thousand dollars in 90 days. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, it's nuts to think that all virtual, yeah. uh, anyway. Yeah. And you know, I, you see everyone else that has this great success and everyone's doing really well virtually. You know, when I started was 2020, but those, what, two out of the three times I failed was all 2021. Um, you know, and most of the industry by this point is virtual. Some companies were still saying, listen, the only way to do this business is in the home. And I think you can build a great relationship that way. I encourage my agents a lot to start in person. Hey, learn this, learn how to build a relationship with someone. It's hard to do it online. I, I learned that very quickly. Um, because there was things that I just skipped because it's not natural. Like when I went to a home, it was super easy to just build that rapport. I was like, Oh wait, like I got to do what I would naturally do if I knocked on that person's door and I saw them. But all of the say with, with the automations, um, it, it's huge. It, it's helped show rate. It's helped, um, getting the person to pick up the phone quicker. I mean, as much as we love automations, um, a, a lot of times we can make it sound like all these automations are great. And I just have 95 clients that call me a day when it's like, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe we get, you know, a, a few a week, uh, definitely a lot more than zero. But you know, when I first started using this, I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm never making another phone call again. <laughs> um, unfortunately they don't start calling in like that. But what I noticed was, is when I was putting through my system, they're getting a voicemail immediately from me that, in order to do that, it has to ring once and hang up and leave the voicemail. So now they've seen me call. They've seen me leave a voicemail. They've seen me leave a text. They've seen my phone number three times in a matter of five minutes. So now if I go call that lead, whether it's a little bit later, right after, next day, now they've seen my phone number come across their phone a bunch. Like, that's like the 10th time I've seen this thing. Like, this seems kind of familiar. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I got to answer this. Um, and so that's what I've noticed is people started picking up a lot quicker. Uh, and then it's going to keep following up with them when I wouldn't. And most agents don't. Yeah. When was the last time you called your leads from four years ago? 
actual practical win because this just happened through switchboard um, my favorite thing to use it for is to reach out to leads that I'm no longer calling um, and and when you call your leads I mean sometimes you call somebody ten times over the course of five days and they just don't answer uh, but uh, there was a lead that reached back out to me because switchboard left her a voicemail I have not called this lady since April April is when I got the lead she called me back and was like, hey, I'm interested in insurance. Like that was that she called me, left me a voicemail because I didn't recognize the number. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't answer it, but she left me a voicemail and I call her back. This is last Friday and we write two apps on the spot, both of them instant issue and got paid yesterday on on a lead that I would have never called again. But automation kept reaching out to her and she reached back out when it was the right time. Because sometimes you get a lead and it's they just moved in. Maybe the timing's not right, or yeah. uh, you've called a lead. Everybody's had this happen where they just had a death in the family. Timing's not right, and so automation can still nurture those people to where when the timing's right, they know how to get back in touch with and you. Now it's reaching out to that lead for five months. Yep, and, and nurturing it and getting it in the system. So you know, and that's the, the great thing about automation. Yeah, um, and it, it can really improve business very quickly. Well, I want to toss it to Grant here because uh, he's got a, a, a couple wins. I was uh, lucky enough to do an event with Grant in, uh, in Las Vegas. We got to uh, show some people symmetry and go out to eat some food and uh, where we met our, uh, our rep from Americo, who I do want to shout out. I've been wearing the Americo polo that Andrew Costas sent me. I told you if you sent it to me, I'd wear it on the podcast, I promise. Foresters, we don't know where the hell you're at. Uh, I'm wearing all the gear all the carriers have sent me. I've only written nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, right. guys, I know Ryan's cooler than me, but come on. Anyway, well, SBLI will send you something. You gotta yeah, get on the phone to him. Anyway, oh, I've got my Forester's underwear on. Yeah, see? at least you got underwear. Yeah. I've only written three million dollars of business with them. I can't get the T-shirt yet. I got to get to four million. When you get to five million, you can do the uh, the underwear. Is what what you're going to get, right? All right. Kelly doesn't listen to any of this anyway. So, all right. Uh, but Grant, I was lucky enough to do this event with uh, with Grant in Las Vegas. We helped some people, got some people involved in symmetry, uh, and he was sharing with me how it worked for him, and uh, he had some great wins to the tune of about. $7,000, maybe $8,000 or something like that. Ooh, and I want you to tell this story, man. Uh, so let, let's just hear it. How did, how did it work for you? Yeah, I mean, with, with the way the leads are coming in, you know, it's, it's a little bit sporadic. And um, that, allow, it, that requires us to adapt, but it also because of the tools that we have, like literally, you know, using the app to, to message them as well as being able to do electronic apps on your phone. We can do almost every app on your phone. Um, yeah, it's, it's come such a long way in the last few years since, I, since we all started. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I was, I was in, the, in the pool. It was 3.09 p.m. Lead comes in. You know, they get a first automation message. You're in the jacuzzi, though, right? Well, you know, it's, it's Arizona, so we're in the pool. Okay, because the pool. Now, right. now, in Arizona in the summer, every pool is a jacuzzi. Okay. Right. So just to clarify that it's, it's, all, it's, it's 95 degrees in the pool. Right. Yeah, it's preheated. So get the, get the lead come in, it's 3.09 p.m. At 3.12, the client texts back, you know, hey, I'd prefer to talk over text. We're going back and forth. I'm getting their medical information just, just through text message, um, not on the phone with them. And, uh, and then we're kind of talking about, hey, can we meet tomorrow? Can we meet tomorrow morning? We couldn't quite figure it out. So I was like, listen, it sounds like you're probably available now. Can we just get on the phone? And she's like, yeah, go ahead and call me. And so uh, we get on the phone. You know, I didn't 
didn't leave the pool. 29 minutes later, <laughs> we've got an app instantly approved um, for about 20, I don't know, 2,000 in premium, something pool. like that. Yeah, from the pool. And like, that's how I run my business in general. You know, everything that we've done has allowed me to not be in front of a computer, you yeah. know, in front of like all the, that's another thing, just printing out leads. I mean, that's another big win in automation of just the management of it, not oh, even just yeah. resolution. So on. yeah, being able to do that. And then you talk about the, the drip system and kind of the follow-up process. Um, I, I wrote a policy about three nights ago, it was a $1,000 a month policy. And this guy Whoa. had been in the system for a month. Wow. Getting a drip text every other day for a month. And finally, the text says, hey, you know, usually when people, you know, send this in, it's important, but you haven't responded. So we assume maybe to you it's not important. So we're going <laughs> to stop reaching out. And this guy's like, whoa, 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 no, I'm still interested. And we get on the phone and, and help him out. And so it's just uh, the stories that we're all seeing is not isolated. Like normally yeah. when you have really top producers, they always win, right? Winning, yeah. Winners always find a way to win. We're helping newer people. Um, win in ways that they haven't been able to do it before on their own. Mm -hmm. We're helping people that are brand new to the industry get started on something that creates inbound. You know, the biggest hurdle that people usually have is the phone weighs a thousand pounds. Yeah. So when you have these tools in place, it puts you in a position where, you know, you're basically buying your income in a way that we really were always able to do, but never able to do with this low level of effort. And time. Uh, you know, th there's one thing that I would say, um, and I, I have a ton of stories of wins from automation and from switchboard and whatnot. But I think a lot of times, because we've said it a couple of times here now, that like the phone weighs a thousand pounds or like agents have a hard time dialing. Like my philosophy is just that the first thing, the first actual work that you have to do, you're not going to like. And so like Keith and I worked for a company where we had, we were doing outside sales. It was for home improvement and all of our appointments were set for us. Guess what sucked? learning the in-home sales presentation, right? Like that's what sucked because it was the first actual work we had to do. So it's like, it's just the first, like you actually have to work unfortunately. And so people come in and they're like, they actually have to pick up the phone and do some work and call people. And that's what makes it hard. So I, what I love about our, our new automation system is that it, it almost forces work to happen, right? Is that it kind of just pushes people into, clients are coming at you, now you're responsible to help them, let's go, you know what I mean? Uh, I can tell you that I've, I've been here, uh, I, I came to Denver on Monday, our conference uh, starts tonight, it's Wednesday. I got here on Monday, I checked into the hotel, I got two leads assigned to me that immediately got text messages and uh, both of them responded. One of them says I want to text, one of them says I want to call. So the one that says I want to text, I'm eating chicken wings, hashtag y'all who know me, uh, love chicken wings. Uh, so I'm eating chicken wings at a little pub right down the street from here and I text back, hey, um, you know, I see that you're this age, do you have health conditions, whatever, and I'm texting that person. When I get the inbound text from the second person that says, call me. So I call the second person, she's at work, 33 years old, get all of her information, and I go, hey, there's two ways we could do this. Number one, I can set up a time I can meet with you and I can walk you through doing the application, or number two, I can send you the link and you can fill out the application yourself. You can get qualified for insurance. You can do it all without me and get insurance booked and put in place right now. And she's like, I'm at work. I'll do it right now. Perfect. Sent her the link. She went online to the direct-to-consumer platform, bought her own insurance. Second person, I booked an appointment uh, for yesterday uh, through text message, met with her yesterday, wrote another application. So 
these are things that like I'm at a conference, I'm traveling. These would not have been leads that I would have called today. More than likely, they're shopping for insurance. They would have found insurance by the time that I got to call them. Maybe I called them on a Friday. Maybe I called them on a Saturday. They were working. They were on trips. They were doing whatever. But I would not have got to them most likely in a time when they were looking for insurance. And because we met them where they were and we had software that put them in front of our face, I wrote two applications. I got two people covered. They're both, they both have coverage in force. Money deposited in my account today, which is awesome. Um, so I think that using automation, not only for leads that we've forgotten about that we weren't able to get a hold of, but just to be more efficient with the people that are looking for insurance right now is super important. Um, so Ashton, what about you? What do you, what do you got uh, uh, wins in, uh, in, in automation? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, again, I think the biggest win for me really is simply show ratio. You know, I, I've noticed uh, a larger show ratio you know, we talked about this before. You can utilize things such as, you know, Calendly to send out those reminders and get it on a calendar invite. Uh, and having those reminders and confirmation texts and emails go out is a huge help that you're staying in front of them. And, hey, they might have wrote it down on their calendar, but they're probably still going to forget. And so having those uh, those reminders was a really, really big win when it came to automation. Totally. Keith, I want to ask you about uh, recruiting, and then I'll go into if anybody else is using automation for recruiting. So you're using automation for recruiting. Um, you get a lot of candidates from all yep. over the country, and uh, the old method was pick up the phone and call each candidate, right? Dial them, dial through their resumes. Hey, I've got your resume. Are you interested in doing this? Um, and now we're using automation to get in front of more clients faster. So what have you noticed has sort of been the, the biggest advantage of the people that you've gotten I think it was last year I heard uh, direct to the company Jordan Hunt tell a story about the swimming pool. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where, where he said, you know, um, he was learning to swim, um, and he could swim pretty easily in the shallow end, but in the deep end he couldn't swim. Um, and his uncle didn't like help him. He had to get across the pool. Um, and the point of the story was, you have to get across the pool before I can help teach you how to swim. Right, and so um, just kind of stumbled onto an idea of creating an automated system that's uh, going to allow more people to get in front of me in less time, which was the whole point of virtual sales, right? Yeah. Like if, if we didn't have an appointment, we could pick up the phone. The whole point of automation and sales is get more people in front of us in less time because the most valuable commodity is time. So I thought to myself, well, if I have back-to-back 15-minute one-on-one interviews and they're all day, and we all know some are going to show, some are not. They say they want it, they say they don't. Um, why would I create a, a scenario where clients play in my sandbox for selling insurance, but I don't create that for recruiting? Mm. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to do group interviews and call them overviews. And uh, you actually gave me this word of self-select. We're going to allow you to self-select and our interview process is that you're going to go out and get a license and show us that you're hungry enough to do this. Sort of like Jordan's analogy of we can't you know, teach you to swim until you get in the deep end. Yes, yeah. yeah, so ultimately, um, on Monday alone, I had 180 candidates signed up to meet with me, and it took me three hours to see them all. Right. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and if you did that one-on-one, how long would that have taken? Well, 15 I, minutes. I, I, so I, 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 I
a long time. I don't know if I'd still. I don't know if I'd be here. I'd still be at home doing the interview. What's interesting about this man is that, like, you know, I've I've been explaining this to people, and I've been telling them, yeah, like we were doing these group interview type things, and there, it's like, it's like astronomical to them. They're like, what? Oh my God! And it's like. You know, our company's been doing corporate overviews for 13 years, you know what I mean? Where we drive a bunch of people into a room, show them the company and go, who wants in? You know what I mean? And like, that's all we're doing in a group interview. It's nothing different, but we're automating the process of getting those people from, I see your job post to, I've watched the videos to, I'm interested in attending to, I'm showing up, right? And that's the biggest thing. So we, we have 180 people, they don't all show up. We have 180 people and, you know, 70 show up, 80 show up, you know, something like that. Still a full week. Um, and we still added some personalization to the presentation. So it wasn't just here's the company. It's still a little bit about them and their experience. Uh, last Thursday, I had 10 people sign up for uh, pre-licensing and two licensed agents all in one day from doing two group interviews join the team in one day. And it's like, I don't remember having, you know, some months of having that many people and doing one-on-one. I've had at least 10 people join pre-licensing and finish pre-licensing and get their license inside of seven days. And I have to like say this because some of you guys are going to listen to this and you're like, oh my God, it's revolutionary. It's like, this has been going on in industry for the better part of a decade, if not longer. Drip email campaigns, email lists, follow-up text messages, follow-up emails, like using free services like MailChimp, using things like Sendinblue, you know, using group text message services. There's so much out there that's so easy to start. Like you don't need a platform like Switchboard. We have one, it's awesome. All the thinking is done for you, it's figured out. It's got a recruiting platform, it's got everything in it. It's beautiful, but if you don't have one and like you're at another company and you wanna start investigating some of this stuff, it's out there. It's like the, the, the I guess the uh, proper procedure or like the best practices on like sales funnels and converting through messages, it's not a mystery anymore. There's 10 years of documented evidence of this is what works step by step. YouTube is your friend. Do a little bit of research on how do I do this, right? And you'll find incredible, incredible strides that you can make just in doing stuff like that, just in taking candidates and moving them into one place where they can all see you at one time. You know, it's, it's, it's really amazing. So um, final thoughts from you guys. We can go off of automation just like if there's anything else you're excited about, what are you excited about? If you got a message to somebody that you want to send out there, an agent who's struggling, like anything like that, what, what, what are your final thoughts? Just throw it out there. I guess the, the first thing I would say, just to kind of close, close the book, maybe on the, on the building side of it, is when you're looking at getting resolution, because that's what we're doing. We're getting resolution, we're sorting, we're filtering, we're organizing, who are the winners, right? We've got to turn over a lot of rocks. What people, and, and when I say people, like what I think we all thought in the beginning was like, if we let automation just do its thing with an email drip or a text drip, maybe we're missing out on some of the meat. Well, here's the thing. If we give people hoops to jump through, the right people are going to jump through them. Yep. And so we found that you know having a recruiter or doing it personally, calling through all these people, it's not the most efficient way to, to spend our time doing it 
especially when you look at being on a platform like ZipRecruiter. Hey, I got 500 candidates that, call, that come in. You know, I'm not going to go comb through all of those. You know, I'm going to have something that goes out, reaches out to them, creates action because everything that we're doing with automation is to create inbound. Everything that we've done always before is we go out and we fish. Okay, now it's kind of like we're just waiting on them to, to kind of get on the hook, basically. You know, and so we don't have to. We don't even have to cast it out there. The the hooks are already in the water. So when it comes to how we leverage our business, we're putting ourselves in a position where the time that we save is exponentially worth any of the extra financial you know, components. Because we have to be honest, with automation, there is, there's more money in it, right? There's more money in lead costs, there's more money in potentially some of these recruiting platforms. But what you save in time, whether that's time you pay a recruiter or just what our time is worth personally producing or our time is worth just enjoying our lifestyle is, is totally worth being able to, to have those tools in place. And so mm. when you talk about what I wish people watching, what I wish other people would get on board with, is thinking like a business owner. I think that's the biggest problem that people have is they have an employee mindset. Yeah. And they come in and they go, okay, well, buying leads, oh man, if I come in as an employee, I don't want to buy leads, I want to be given leads, I want to be spoon-fed this. If I'm mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, if I'm a business owner, I want to buy the resources and I want to understand my metrics. And if I know I get a four to one ROI on this lead, I want to put as many dollars as I possibly can into it and I'll trade $1 bills for $4 bills all day long and twice on Sundays. <laughs> so I want people to understand like, when you're getting into something where you're self-employed and you're in a position where you're able to leverage resources and tools and things, don't be afraid to take that leap. Yeah. The worst thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to have a little bit lower of an ROI as you go through the learning curve. And that's not a bad thing to earn exactly what you spend in marketing dollars, for example, if you have the learning curve to get through it. So I would take a one-to-one -one ROI all day long as I'm going through the learning curve on this stuff just to kind of figure it out, even if it took a few weeks to get up and going. All day long. Yeah. Elijah? Mm. Uh, I would say uh, right now the industry, the insurance industry is one of the oldest industries on the planet. It's also like a dinosaur in comparison to a lot of others. And yeah. so right now technology is disrupting how business is done in the insurance space. And that's a good thing, but it's also a wave that you can miss. Like if you wait to adopt this stuff, you're going to miss out on the land grab, so to speak. Like yeah. right now we're all making thousands and thousands of dollars dialing less than we ever have and there are people who don't know that stuff like that exists working or less than we ever have. working less than we ever had like true story and the the difference between what we're doing and what a lot of other people are doing is we're leaning into the uncomfortability of change because it is a different way of doing business yep. yeah. and i would say like lean into that change and that's what that's what the founders of the company have been talking about like yeah. it's not going to be comfortable there are going to be hiccups the first iteration of switchboard was rough but <laughs> We saw the potential, yeah. and so we leaned into it, and now it's not even not even a year later. Well, not even a year that, later, it's already though, polished. Even though it was rough, because I agree it was rough, but it's rough in hindsight, because it's rough compared to what it was today. When we got it, it was still like, this is revolutionary, you know what I mean? Like, this is so awesome. Um, the one thing that I want to say is it brings up, you know, I listened to Dean Graziosi say this um, in the Time to Thrive Challenge last week, uh, where he talked about the Wayne Gretzky quote. Um, which is that when, when uh, somebody asked Wayne Gretzky why he was so good at hockey, he said, because other hockey players skate to where the puck is, yeah. and I skate to where the puck will be, where the puck is going, right? And that's what's happening in our industry is not only is technology is disrupting, but our, our consumer base is evolving. 
And the people that are looking for insurance are changing. Buying habits are changing. Consumer behavior in the United States of America buying anything is changing. Department stores are going out of business. Amazon is blowing up, right? Like you can see this changing around you. And so the, the days of working insurance and the way that it had been worked are, are numbered, right? And so it's like, are you going to be caught flat-footed to where the puck is now? Or are you going to be moving and evolving to where the puck is going? And that's what I think our company is doing. I think there's a lot of other companies out there that are doing the same thing. And if you're at a company that's just like kind of still knocking on doors and doing whatever and kind of where the puck is today, you can do things yourself to anticipate where the puck is going and to be ahead of the curve. And guess what? When the curve comes, guess who's going to be making all the money and guess like the rest of the people that are stuck flat-footed are going to be out and you're going to have all the market share to yourself. So invest a little bit of time in, in figuring this stuff out, man. So Keith, final thoughts? Um, you know, there's a recent study since the pandemic that more and more folks are looking to work from home, yeah. right? That the trend in the market is going that way. Um, and that ultimately some of the social programs that we've known to come in just expect to be in place. They may not be in place. Um, now, while we're in a trillion-dollar industry, you know, some of us may think, wow, it's saturated. Um, and we haven't even scratched the surface, right? There's enough people for all of us to write insurance just in this hotel alone and keep us busy for the rest of the year. So my point is... Um, there's so much attrition in this business that what I'm most excited about is, you know, someone like a woman named Ashley who came into a group interview with me last week, heard about the innovation, came out of the hospitality industry and, and leveraged everything she has to be here at this conference. Um, a guy named Charles who also a couple of weeks ago told me about being laid off from his company that just suddenly laid off like 200 sales reps wow. that were doing inbound calls. And, and that was his, you know, paycheck to paycheck kind of thing. And he didn't know what he was going to do. Um, and learning that he could get into this industry at an age of he's above 60, right, where everybody else is moving him out. Um, and, and he can subtly learn the transition to the innovative methods, but also give him a niche that most markets at a 60-year-old age of going out to get employment does not exist. And so I'm super excited that the attrition rate is going to go down. More people will get into this industry. More of us will make the most of it. But most of all, families will get protected and people will get the help they need uh, because they're being reached out to in a way that they enjoy. So uh, if nobody else will say it, I'll say it. If you're out there listening and you need a place to be, join us immediately. Yeah, um, you know, technology, it, it can be great and it, and it can be horrible at the same time. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, Android, yeah. Um, yeah, so as much as, you know, we have to, we have to learn with, with technology. A lot of times it's not technological error, it's, it's user error. Um, and just like Elijah said, you know, you have to go with that learning curve. Um, you have to go to where things are going to be. We're seeing a change in how we're generating leads uh, because of how clients are responding, et cetera. So um, as much as technology is great, we have to keep developing ourselves. It's not an excuse to go, I don't have to be any more, any better than I am today. 
because of technology, because of a, a dialing system, a booking system. They can just go right, send a link, you know, right business. Um, you know, we still have to keep continually to get better, whether it's to learn how to operate the software or learn how to better utilize it to help more people. And that's one of the, the biggest things when it comes to technology. My thought too is that like we're talking about automation, we're talking about clients flowing into us and whatnot. Uh, nothing will ever replace in sales having that one-to-one -one conversation from a human being to another human being. That can be through text message. There's no robotic AI that exists yet that will replace having that one-to-one -one human conversation. So we're not saying you get automation and you take your hands off the wheel. We're saying use automation to have more of those one-to-one -one conversations in a shorter period of time. It's still going to take you talking to the client. This is still something that needs to be sold. It needs to be explained. Uh, it's not necessarily something that people just buy because they have to have it. You can see that with all of the life insurance companies that decided they were going to sell automated and now are going bankrupt, right? Losing billions of dollars. Uh, it doesn't work that way. So it still takes independent conversation between human beings, professionals, and buyers. So just use this to get in front of more people. And the, the transition, right? What you're kind of getting into is like, what's the transition of using automation? Now I insert myself in that to personalize it. And then maybe I use all their follow-up tools. What, that's probably the biggest learning curve to this is understanding how the automation works where I can get in there, we can add the personal touch so it does have that conversation, there's rapport with the client, you know, there's rapport with the new agent we're bringing in, and then through tools like maybe booking reminders and things, now we're kind of reintegrating automation and now we're back on the phone. So just understanding how it all integrates together, you don't just go set it and forget it, you know, you use it as a supplement. Absolutely. Man. Man. Great guest today. Super stoked that we got to have these gentlemen on. We are winning big time with automation. We're sharing it with everybody. Uh, we hope that you guys invest in a little bit of research. You do a little bit of more automation, maybe a little bit of delegation. Maybe you need to eliminate some stuff that you're doing right now to make your business more successful, to make you more profitable, to make you more efficient. We, as always, we're going to keep bringing fresh content to you. Go to writemoreapps.com. Like and subscribe to this video. You can find us on all major podcast places wherever you listen to us, Apple, Android, Spotify. We're on, we're everywhere. Uh, look us up there, follow us there. We're going to be releasing some exclusive content on each one of those channels. So we'd love to uh, keep helping you guys sell more insurance. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time.